This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Oakshade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Hey, welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. So today we are chatting with David. This dude started NZ Campers during COVID and it's grown into quite the side hustle. He's still got a real job, but uh, I wanted to get him on here today because I love side hustle stories. I like what he's doing. Obviously he uh, is a hunter and he's making campers for hunters, like custom enclosed trailers with all some fancy, fancy upgrades. Really cool. He's not at the point where he's going to go full time with this side hustle, but he's on the cusp and he probably could right now. I like these kind of stories. Plus, he's a wholesome, good family man. We talk a little bit about him taking rich froning, elk hunting. It's kind of cool. And you get to know his story. I appreciate you guys. Without further ado, this is the Elk Shape Podcast, and we're listening to David from NZ Campers. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Elk Shape Podcast. Yep, that's a one. Sitting down with David. Is it Dave or David? Uh, you can call me whatever you want, man. I go by both. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go with David for now. David, uh, last name Curtis, he is a guy who's kind of making a splash with some of his hunting solutions for your camping needs, if you will. Uh, I came across David 
Oh, I think I was watching. I was watching Rich Froning try to elk hunt one time on YouTube. And he was like, and the reason why I make fun of him is because like he brought like a bunch of workout gear to his uh, elk camp in Colorado. And he had like a couple hundred pound dumbbells and he's back at camp in the middle of the day doing CrossFit. And, and I'm, I love CrossFit and I love Rich Froning. And I'm like, but dude, either you're doing it completely wrong, which I suspect, or maybe he's doing it completely right. But I never see my camp at daylight when I'm elk hunting. I'm always way back in there. But I do think Rich finally got himself an elk with a bow, which is like awesome. And um, I saw a video where you made a camper for him, I believe. And that's where I first learned about you. And I was really intrigued, wanted to get you on here. Uh, I love hearing about other people's businesses and give you an opportunity to kind of let us get to know you and then eventually tell your story of, of NC campers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate you letting me sit down with you. I think it's great what you do for the hunting community and for businesses alike too. So appreciate that. But yeah, um, I built Rich a camper. It's probably been a year and a half now. We just started NZ Campers about two years ago. Um, yeah, I got to know him over the last couple of years, gotten pretty close and uh, went out hunting with him this September and he had a nice bull on the last day. Uh no workout equipment this year. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think uh, that was maybe part of the problem. Um, but no, he, he's an awesome guy and, and he got the job done. Uh, I spent most of the week with him hunting. I actually joined our elk camp last year. That's when I first met him. D- didn't really do much hunting with him, but uh, this year was just him and I in the woods all week and uh, tough hunt, but but got it done. So he arrowed his first bull this year. Was that in Colorado or somewhere else? Yep, Colorado, uh, general uh, over-the-counter unit, um, public land. It was it was a tough hunt. I kind of told him after last year, I said, you know, we're getting you a bull this year no matter what. So, you know, I put in the work. I'm We're here in Colorado, um, central Colorado. I've done enough hunting to have an idea where – Wanted to take him out, him and the guys from Tennessee, but I think you and I both know how hard it is to Alcon on public land, especially Colorado's tough, man. There's so many hunters out here because the majority of the state is over the counter. So people just flock here. So hunters everywhere. But um but yeah, got the job done. It was like I said, it was a tough hunt. Um but you know, I think every hunt is tough. You can never have it perfect where the weather is right and they're right and everything comes together so you just gotta put it in the work and uh got it done yeah it was his first out i think first western big game animal down if i remember right yeah that's cool man i i don't know rich at all man um i did talk to him one time about elk hunting but it was it was like weird circumstance it was like it was either 2012 or 2013, we had made it to the games as teams. And I'm talking CrossFit games for those that don't even know who Rich is. I'll give you a quick background. But uh, he he was in the tent, I don't know what, getting between workouts. And I was just like, yo, Rich, you, you I saw that you got a bow. You need to go elk hunting, man. I'll take you. And he was kind of like, looked up and was like, yeah, whatever. And that was that. I've never talked to him since. But um uh, he is a guy who 
won the CrossFit Games something like four years in a row and then eventually went to team competition, which is what I was doing when I'd met him. And um, I think they won at least five or six team championships. And then I think he's since recently announced that he's taken a step back, which probably means more bow hunting. Uh, He's got a giant following. Um, You know, CrossFit's got that cult following. So some people think he's like the Tom Brady of CrossFit. I like him because he's an outspoken Christian with his faith. He's super jacked, very fit, and he likes to hunt. And he's got a ton of followers. So I always like when big names aren't ashamed to let everybody know that they like to hunt for their own food. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. He's definitely outspoken about what he believes in. Um, and he's not afraid to to share that. Um, but, yeah, man, he's he's hooked. I don't think his wife knows yet, but he's hooked. <laughs> She'll find out. So, so how did you um, get into hunting? And then let's get into how you and Rich connected and you end up building campers. So are you a lifelong hunter? Did you get introduced to it later in life? What's your story? I don't know if I'd call myself one of those late onset guys, but it was probably early 20s. Um, I'm, how old am I now? 30, I don't know how old am I, Dan? 34, I think, 33. So I've been hunting maybe 10 or 12 years. Um, back in uh, 2012, so I guess it was 10 years ago, um, my mom, she was, she got diagnosed with breast cancer and it really changed my life for the better because I saw what she went through and uh, kind of decided to stay away from the typical big three they call it with chemo and radiation and all that stuff and I'm not here to say that's bad but she chose to just heal herself with food and long story short she's still alive today and she's doing well and I saw the changes she made for herself and uh it really spoke to me so we started growing this big garden on the side of our house we actually bought the lot next to us and and really started just to the forage and garden and then you know I started hunting around that time too and um just really was drawn to that lifestyle of going out and putting clean food on the table for myself and my family and that's kind of really how it got started for me and uh was you know obviously hooked just like most hunters are they try it for the first time and and just completely hooked from there um kind of started off as a rifle hunter and slowly evolved into to a bow hunter i still do both i do it everything my family and i we we fish we hunt my kids hunt small game my oldest is 12 now she'll be doing her first big game hunt starting tomorrow actually so we kind of do it as a family we process everything ourselves and really it's just something that um you know i'm not really out there looking for the for the likes or the follows i just wanted clean um clean food so uh that's kind of how i got started and a few years ago, um, I think it was 2020. Yeah, it was 2020 because we we're all locked up here in Colorado. I had this idea kind of brewing in my head for, at the time, it was maybe a year or two of building out uh, a cargo trailer specifically for hunting. Now, we we do some family camping and, and whatnot, but most of the trips we take either as a family or me personally because we're all hunting. So I kind of wanted something that was more tailor-made for that um we've had a fair share of 
you know, travel trailers and pop-ups and, and all that stuff. And, uh, it just didn't really suit us anymore, especially as I started to bring my kids to, to out camp and, you know, and you know, you've got kids yourself. So, you know, like they, they want to be somewhat comfortable. Like you don't want them to have a bad experience and all the gear and all that. So I wanted something that was more tailor-made for the family. So bought a cargo trailer and converted it into a, a hunting rig. And, you know, everyone that, that saw it was, you know, kept telling me that it's something that they would want and maybe turn it into a business someday. And it's actually my wife that kind of convinced me to, to, to do that. So, uh, so I did, and, you know, I, I knew that there was a market for it, but I didn't really know how big of a market there was for a rig like that. And we could talk more about the campers, but, you know, I, I kind of tailor make them for, for hunters alike. They have rifle and locking bow cases, boot dryers. We put rubber floors in them. So they're easy to clean, no carpet or anything like that. It's got fold down bunks. Um, so you can haul gear, ATVs, four-wheeler, whatever. Um, super simple, nothing fancy about it. We don't do low-hanging tanks that'll freeze. It's just built more for the hunter in mind. And so turn it into a business and I got in touch with Rich. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but um, he hunted Colorado. It was probably two years ago. Um, and he actually brought a cargo trailer out to Colorado, ended up sleeping in it. They froze. Like it was a it snowed bad, I think, that year in September. So it's kind of a miserable hunt. Not knowing that, I kind of reached out to him like, hey, um, if you're ever interested in, in doing a build, I'd love to, to partner with you. And and we kind of got in touch that way. So uh, that's how I met him. Like I said, we've gotten kind of close over the last couple of years and, and the rest is history, man. Okay, I got you. So basically the framework was cargo trailer. So an enclosed trailer, mm -hmm. bare bones, and then you basically convert it into the ultimate hunting setup. And this sparked because of COVID being stuck at home, this business idea kind of, so did you start with your like, Hmm, I'm going to do this for myself first. And then just, it kind of built from there. Or like, did you like immediately know you want to turn it into a business? Like, how did you make that transition? Yeah. So it was 100% just a personal project for myself. I just wanted something that would suit myself, my family when we're out. Uh, and so it was 100% just, just something that I wanted for myself. And I loved it, man. We, we took it everywhere. Um, and it was probably a year after that is when I thought, you know, I, I think there really is a need for something like, like this. So that's, um, when the business started um, and just kind of just started doing a few here and there. And it just kind of just recently started to blow up a little bit, nothing crazy, but, um, but yeah, like I said, there's, there's definitely a market for, uh, for something like that, but yeah, just started as a personal project and, uh, and went from there. Um, yeah. It's just a, we just buy the cargo trailer or take on our, an already owned cargo trailer and build it out from there. The nice thing about the cargo trailers is it's bare bones. So we can kind of build it out exactly how the, the client wants it. Um, whether they want one bed or two beds or four bunks or, or if they need more storage space or what have you. So, um, kind of just 
just build it the way they want it and uh and yeah go from there yeah man so i'm kind of a rooftop tent guy i was i wasn't i'm back in i found a good solution um i usually bring a utility trailer on my hunts to keep either like my coolers generators and four-wheeler atv dirt bike whatever i need for where i'm going my favorite is to not bring anything and just have you know hunt from the truck throw a canvas cutter out on the ground or whatever but i'm getting older the kids could be in the picture hunting like you're about to do tomorrow i'm actually about to buy a camper for the family we um it's not really like my main point but sidebar I had a cabin in Idaho for 15 years, sold it, just became too much work to to have two houses, to be quite honest. Our in-laws, my in-laws live, oh, five miles from where my cabin was, and they have enough acreage, and they're on the river, like actually on the water, and they're like, pull a camper up. You guys can hang out here in the summers, and we already hang out there a ton as it is. We would just spend the night at the cabin. Now we're just going to pull a camper up. So I am going to be getting a camper, but I don't think I would want a fifth wheel or even an actual trailer that you pull behind or even the kind that go on the back of your truck. Like I kind of like what I saw you were doing because it's just kind of like a super doped in system for hunting. So let's break down like either Rich's or yours or one of them, like the amenities and kind of take us through a build. Like you take a bare bones enclosed trailer and you turn it into something that's like absolutely wow. You guys got to check out his Instagram account. It's at NZ Campers, E-N-Z-Y Campers. Some really dope photos of what they're doing. But let's take take us through a build out. Yeah. So like you said, we just take a cargo trailer. And the nice thing about doing that is... We can take any size, basically, because there's so many different makes and models out there. So we can do a small little, you know, six by 10, one man type uh, trailer and build it out all the way up to, I think we've done a 20 foot, like a seven and a half or eight, or seven or eight and a half by, by 20 foot and build it out. So you have much more options that way, as opposed to going to an RV store and saying, here are your the few models you can choose from and and that's all you have um process we have is just building it out your way basically is what we tell our clients everyone's different um you know for some people just by they're just by themselves they're a solo hunter you know some want to use it as a family camper slash you know hunt and rig you know some people have three four kids or whatever so we could build it out however they want and so we have a whole list of um, things we can do to them. Um, we have a bunch of standard features and then a list of, of add-ons. And if someone wants to do a build, I'll send them all that information. So they have an idea of, of what they they can add on or take away. And then I end up, you know, scheduling a phone call and we could talk through more about what you might want, what you might not want. And we're open to ideas. You know, we get ideas from all of our clients that maybe want something different or something a little bit more specific for them. So we, we get in touch with them and, and kind of run down um, what they want in it. And then basically just go from there. Um, you know, this business started as uh, more of a built by hunters for hunters 
business. Um, but we do, you know, regular family builds too, even if they don't hunt, but primarily we work with hunters. So we have things in our campers that you won't see in a, any other camper, like I said, built in boot dryer. You know, we have locking bow cabinets, rifle cabinets, slide out coolers. Um, Rich's cooler, we did a slide out. I think it was a, what size was that? It was like a 160, I think, a Yeti 160. Um, so pretty much big enough to to fit an entire boned out elk. Um, so we have, you know, a whole list of things that we can do to them. Um, and then, you know, kind of come up with the floor plan, floor plan, what's going to work for them. Um, and then, and then go from there. So like I said, you'll, you'll notice if you follow us or go to our website, you'll, you'll notice they're, they're built a little bit different um, than the traditional RV. But the nice thing about it is, you know, as a hunter, you want something small enough to get into where you want to go, but still big enough to be able to haul the gear that you need to, to, to get to camp, right? Or the beds that you need to sleep your, your, your hunters or your family. And so we try and get it as small as we can get it as tight and compact as we can get it, but still have everything in it um, for each client. So, you know, the typical build we do is probably a seven by 14 um, with either two bunks or four bunks in the back. We've done Queens up on the, you know, back end of the, of the trailer. Um, but typically either two or four bunks. And when I say bunks, I'm two sets of bunks. They fold up against the wall so you can get, if you have an ATV, dirt bike or whatever, if you need to haul that to camp, it has plenty of space for that. Um, we do oversized cabinets for bins or totes or like I said, rifles, bows and all that. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we insulate it completely, the walls and the ceiling. Um, we can do the floor if the client wants the floor, but it does require a subfloor, so it takes a couple inches away from your overall um, head clearance. Um, we do off-road trailers. We do standard highway trailers. You know, if you need more clearance, they make off-road trailers, and we can build it out um, from there. Um, we do heaters. We do air conditioners. We do butcher block countertops, stainless steel countertops. Uh, it just depends on what you want and, and what your budget looks like. Um, but yeah, the, the process is, it's definitely fun and every camper is different. Um, and uh, um, yeah, it's it's something to where, um, like I said, everyone's different, but we try and get each client involved as much as possible. Here at Oakshape, we're very picky on who we decide to partner with. We take our brand very serious. And if we have a partner, we wanna brag about them because we believe in them. Numa Outdoors, that's the clothing we wear. Discount code ELKSHAPE20 will take 20% off your first order. Vortex Optics, Vortex Nation, proud partner since 2010. On X Hunt, become an elite member. This is the most reliable app for hunting on the market. Discount code ELKSHAPE takes 20% off your elite membership. Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. They've been in business since 1902. Matthews Archery, a brand that not only has the same shared values, but continues to push technology and making the best bows on planet Earth. MagView, this is the digiscoping solution that simplifies the entire process. Discount code ELKSHAPE takes 10% off. Wilderness Athlete, 
This brand makes supplements, does not specialize in marketing. They specialize in making you better and recover and being healthier. Discount code ELKSHAPE22 will take 30% off your first purchase. Spy Point Trail Cameras, Trail Camology. Trail cams are an extremely useful tool to help you scout, figure out game densities, and understand animal behavior. And they make very reliable trail cameras that you can count on. Kafaru International. The Hoodlum is my all-time favorite backpack for elk hunting. I don't even know how many elk I've packed out with that pack, but I always can count on it. The frame is in a league of its own, and Aaron Snyder is running a phenomenal company that we believe in. Crispy Boots, Crispy USA, Crispy Hunting. These boots are the best bang for your buck. Minimal break-in period. Lots of flex ratings to suit your style and terrain that you hunt in. Check out a Crispy dealer near you. Baku e-bikes out of Ogden, Utah. E-bikes made for hunters, by hunters. Use them where legal. It's efficient, quiet, and exhaust-free way to get in and get out of your tree stand or your hunting location. Black Rifle Coffee Company, coffee is life. And this is a veteran-owned Pro 2A company. Discount code ELKSHAPE takes 15% off. BlackOvis.com is where I do all my shopping, and I use my own discount code, which is ELKSHAPE. It takes 10% off. Fast and free shipping, a vast variety, and great customer service. Sheep Feet Orthotics for the Hunter. Put these in your boot and elevate your game. Leak less energy, prevent injury, and hunt more efficiently. Discount code ELKSHAPE takes 10% off. TheElkCollective.com. Digital elk hunting education, video driven. Enter the discount code ELKSHAPE podcast, all one word, to save a few bucks and get to learning. Fatty meat sticks from Smokewood. These are my go-to snacks when hunting protein and fat great energy sources super convenient delicious you can find them at any convenience store near you marsupial out of arizona they make the best bino packs period handcrafted here in the usa and we stand behind them i guess my first question on the build out is does the customer or do you secure the trailer because like obviously i would want a pretty gnarly trailer that could do freeway miles, so interstate miles, country roads, and, you know, obviously not going to take that thing on some four-service roads, but majority of four-service roads where you can get it in there and set your base camp up. Who's securing the trailer? So we've done it both ways. Um, we'll either, you know, give the client options on different dealers that we work with here in Colorado. Um there's a, a place just south of Denver that that uh, offers off-road trailers. And when I say off-road trailers, they've got the torsion axle, so they sit up higher inside of the frame of the trailer. So the leaf spring axles, they sit lower, so that's kind of usually your lowest point to the ground. Um, they've got oversized tires um, and uh, just built a little bit more for their off-road. Um, they don't tow quite as well on the highway, but if that's your number one priority, getting into some gnarly country, then we can go that route, or we can go the route of the standard highway trailer. Um, if you're spending most of your time on the highway, dirt roads, uh, or smooth dirt roads, county roads, things like that. But yeah, we can buy the trailer, or we also offer or ask the client if if they want to shop around themselves, if they know you know a dealer in their state or or, or know people. Or, or maybe they already have the trailer 
you know, that's been sitting in their backyard for five years and it's just a cargo trailer that they use to, to haul their gear to hunt camp. We could flip that. Um, we did that with, with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. They already had the trailer themselves. So I picked it up and, uh, flipped it for them and, and took it back. So it's, it's whatever you want. Um, you know, we can shop around for used trailers if, if you don't have the budget to go with a new trailer. So whatever they want to do, we're all in. We can work with whatever. Um, we could make it work um, based on the size. And, and yeah. So Lampers has got one? I did not know that. I just talked to him like a week ago. It's a short combo. But uh, next time I see him, I'm going to have to pick his brain about it. That's really cool. Did you do anything different with his or pretty standard you know not not really um he was really picky about the trailer itself um in fact so i think he had had already purchased the trailer probably a year before we got our hands on it uh it's a nice aluminum 7x14 super lightweight it was already insulated floors wall ceiling um so he found the trailer and his plan was kind of basically what he was going to do what we do just not as fancy i guess in fact i think they camped out of it for one summer just with some of them uh stackable cots i don't know if you've seen them that kind of fold up um and so, so kind of using it just to to go around and kind of camp out of it with their girls um and then we connected and uh he pretty much said here you take it <laughs> um i don't really have the time to to do what i want to it so um so we hooked up and and built it out his was, uh, like I said, a seven by 14. It's got the two sets of bunks, so it'll seat four. Um, it has the, the sharp V nose to it. So we built cabinets into the V nose. We try and utilize the space as much as possible. We went solar up top, went with the big lithium battery. It'll last, you know, easily a week and a half, even without the solar. Uh, went with, uh, I think it was the, 10,000 BTU heater so it's plenty warm um it was a nice camper if you if you are in his neck of the woods definitely check it out um it's a sweet camper I'm actually going to take it again this this winter and do a few other things to it I'm going to add a little ladder on the side to access the the rooftop to store more stuff up there do a few more little tweaks after he used it this summer he said hey I want to do this and this to it so uh yeah, it's nice to be able to to kind of have it have it your way, I guess. A couple, I'm just gonna like review a couple things I've heard. Um, if guys, if you're in the market, like I'm a DIY kind of guy, so like I would totally want to do this myself. But I'm turns out, David, I'm not a very good carpenter. My dad is by trade, and so if I'm honest with myself, my time's probably better spent not doing stuff like this because I have other things to, you know, other obligations. Um, but it's definitely something that would make a lot of sense for my situation. Um, I like the idea of the torsion axles, uh, the oversized tires, like some mud terrain tires that, that would make sense. You know, some, maybe some trailer brakes, basic stuff like that, somewhere to put the generator or have an option for a generator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because I always seem to bring one. I hardly use it, but I always bring one. Solar on top, that's kind of cool. A lithium battery, that makes sense. Uh, Air conditioner, not really. For me, it would be more of a fall thing, but I mean, if you were going to take the family, sure. Like a little AC unit, a little heater, 10,000 BTUs. I'm feeling that, man. I really am. For the hunting side of things, to have a place to stow your bow, and especially when things pull out and push back and save room so that you could get a UTV or ATV, that's huge. I I like the idea of the custom cabinetry and like literally taking advantage of all the space. Average height on most of those cargo trailers can't be, I mean, I'm short, so it doesn't matter. I'm five foot nothing, but the the taller guys like what's the what's the typical height of an enclosed trailer like six and a half eight feet what is it so the standard is six and a half um they do a lot of seven footers but then you could even custom order one we've got one that's supposed to be here sometime in november this guy wanted it to be i think seven and a half um just because he has a tall side by side if i'm remembering right so you can get them any shape or size. The widest you can get them is eight and a half. That's just as wide as um, the axles are themselves. I think there's regulation on that. But eight, eight and a half is, is plenty wide. The, the most common is uh, seven wide. Um, but you can get them any size ceiling high. Do all the cabinets in-house, trying to utilize as much space as possible. So we build it into the trailer. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just whatever you want. If you don't want something, then we won't. We won't do it. And if you want, you know, more add-ons to suit your needs, then we'll do that. What about a shitter and a shower? I know that's not a must, but certainly somebody's had to inquire about it. So I am. Yeah. So mostly the guys with wives, that's where we get most of those questions is, hey, my wife needs a shower. Uh, We have done showers. Um, We've done different types, both the toilets and the showers. We can do them to where just a small little bathroom in the corner to where you have a shower that doesn't have a black tank underneath. It's just daylights. You can freely run um, what's called gray water, right? It's right. It's just clean water. You can do that and just daylight it to where it's just running outside. Now, if it's black water, you have to have a tank just by, by regulations. Um, but we can do it that way. And we've done portable toilets to where you got those in the little bathroom and, you know, you have to empty it yourself. We can do the composting toilets to where you can use it I think 20, 25 times before you have to empty it. You add this, um, comp- composting material in it breaks down the matter. Those things are pretty cool. Um, or we could do the full blown bathroom with, with 
the fresh water, the gray water, the black water. Um, we don't do too many of those because like I said, most of the clients we work with um, don't really care for those, but, but you know, just depends on the person. That's pretty sick, man. So what were you doing before Enzi? Like, obviously you're handy with the steel. You got to be like a carpenter to some degree or just a DIY personality. But like, what were you doing before you started your own little side hustle? So it's definitely still a side hustle because I still work my day job. Um, I live in Colorado. I manage one of the high mountain reservoirs up here. Um, so we live out here on the lake. Still love that job. So I'm still doing that. I'm doing this on the side. I got a couple of guys that, that work for me. But um, yeah, I went to school for welding and machining. Um, never really utilized it, um, but it's kind of cool how things come full circle. Um, do a lot more of that these days with Enzi. Um, carpentry work is just self-taught. I just always loved it. You know, from an early age, it's always building something with wood, always fixing um you know, things around the house. So um, just always had a knack for that. Um, the one of my cabinet guys, he does awesome work, um, does all the doors and drawers for me now. So we've got a good little team. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm having a lot of fun with. And, you know, one of the things that I really, I guess, am, am proud about is the fact that, you know, we really take a lot of pride in in building these campers out that are that have um, a lot of durability to them, right? So, you know, I'm not gonna name names or anything, but we've had a lot of campers in in our family that have always fallen apart, or something's always breaking, and they're just not not built to last, right? Um, and I get it; they're built on an assembly line. And, they're, they're pumping them out, but I wanted something that lasts. So, you know, our, our motto from the beginning was to have something that's durable and, and that'll last. So, you know, everything we do is, is, is built to last. Um, and so we take that into consideration, you know, with, with everything we do from the wall panels to the flooring, to the cabinetry, um, to everything we, we don't, want any lakes anywhere um, for, for years and years, because if you're going to be out there in the woods, you know, the last thing you want is something breaking on you. Love it, man. Okay. I just pulled up your website, nzcampers.com. I clicked on about us. I got a photo of your family. Got to start there first. Um, you got a squad, man. You got a tribe. You got four kiddos. Yep. Yep. That's right. Four kids. Oh, looks like a boy and three girls. Yep. The one boy, he's got to live with his sisters, but uh, yeah, four kids are awesome, ranging from, let's see, six to 12, um, all homeschooled, so uh, my wife's amazing with that. Um, you know, this business started as a family affair, so the name Enzi comes from the initials of, of the four kids, um, so sometimes they're in there sweeping the shop, you know, doing their part, um, wanted to keep it you know, a family affair from the start. I think that's something that has been important to us. And I think in some ways it's important to the outside community too, to know that this is a family affair that has a, has a good background. So we take a lot of, a lot of pride in that. I love that, man. So let's talk real talk now. Um, you got a real job, you got a side hustle. I could see this side hustle taking over to where you have to walk away from the day job. I don't know when that day is coming. 
But if that day does in fact come, have you thought about that? And have you thought about scaling and building a team and what that would look like for you? I have thought a lot about that. In fact, I'm already at that point now to where I probably could make that leap. Um, you know, it's something that I'd have to uh, really think through and I'm kind of putting the pieces in place if I ever decide to do that. Right now, I'm I'm still enjoying it as a small scale because I enjoy, you know, working close in hand with each client, uh, which I know you can still do that even large scale, but be a little bit more, more challenging. Um, you know, I love being in the hunting space. It's such a passion of mine. I love traveling and, and meeting people all over. So it's something that I, I really enjoy and I could see myself doing it full time. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I I enjoy hearing your podcast because you talk not only, you know, hunting, but fitness, family, faith, you know, business, all that stuff. So that's right up my, my alley. So maybe we'll talk some more about it someday. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm rooting for you. I root for everybody. I want people to lead a life they've always wanted to. And I think it's really exciting what you're doing. I know you take a lot of pride in your product. And let's be honest, man, you're elevating the experience. When you have a dialed base camp, it's just a little bit nicer. Uh, you sleep a little bit easier. It's not as hard to get up out of bed. I really haven't spike hunted out much these last few years. In fact, I bet I spent three or four nights in a spike camp this year out of all my September. Uh, I like to hunt from the truck. I like to be mobile and I change spots frequently. And I hardly ever see my camp in the daylight. Maybe I am doing it wrong, Rich Froning. Maybe I should bring some dumbbells and an assault bike and <laughs> get a little wad. And no, I would never do that. Um, but I do like to complain about how weak I am when I get back from elk hunting. But I elk hunt a little longer than most people. And I do it probably, I've just set it up to where I get to go. How many days did you get to go this year? Um, so I only hunted probably three or four days solo i've always been a solo hunter at least until the last few years anyway and i'm <clears throat> was kind of the same way in the beginning i was spending a lot of time in the back country spike camping things of that nature but as my kids started to get a little bit older and approaching that age to where they can you know hunt themselves i wanted them to gain some knowledge so i'd take them out so I spent less time at spike, spike camp, more time camping from the truck. And I actually really enjoyed it. It's kind of nice being able to go back and kind of come up with a new game plan for the next next day. But <clears throat> I hunted just a few days in early September because, I don't know, maybe I had COVID or something, but I was super sick, like for two weeks. Um, so every time I get out there, I feel okay the first day. Then by day two, it just hit me again. So then I decided to come home and try and get better. Uh, then by mid-September, that's when all the guys from from Tennessee showed up. And my goal this year was just to get rich bull. Um, so, I, put, I mean, I carried my bow just in case I had a shot, but I just wanted them to, to be able to bag something. Um, so I didn't do a whole lot of hunting personally. Um, and that took us all the way through to probably the 26th 27th of september um had a few more days left to go out but i decided to to call it in fact rich and i split that bull he was generous enough to, to give me half of it so got it all processed up um didn't do a whole lot in october um did some waterfowl around here um 
but yeah, I'm going out tomorrow. Uh, second season lasts, I think, 10 days, something like that. Um, then my wife has a later, I think, third and fourth season deer and elk tag rifle. So I'll be out with her. Mostly just kind of living that guide life this year for some reason. I bought a bunch of points and decided just to take some new people out. No, that's really important. And I mean, you're still getting out, which is ultimately what all, like, that's all we want. We just want to get out, see some new country and tackle some new adventure. And why not do it with friends? I don't know if I'll ever get froning on the podcast. Um, I'd have to reach out and maybe we will down the road, but because we have you on the podcast, give us the, this is where I want to end David. I want to hear the story of you basically setting out to get the dude a bull. He's tried three or four years on his own. And then you guys commit, tell us the story of how it all came together. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it was, it was a tough spot for, for September. Anyways, we just weren't seeing a ton of elk. Um, I don't think we even heard a bugle until I think it was the 23rd or 24th of September. It's been super hot here. It finally cooled off the last couple of weeks, but, um, yeah, I scouted, it was a new unit for me. So I scouted a little bit, um, in August, um, saw some elk, but you know, nothing crazy, no big herds or anything, but still felt confident going in, spent a couple of days out there by myself, you know, busted a couple bulls here and there, but nothing crazy. I never really glassed up, um, any, any bulls chasing cows, um, didn't see any herds, anything like that. So by the time they came out, I was still feeling good, but man, I was, I was a little worried that, um, you know, they were still weren't going to be rotten. Um, but, uh, yeah, first couple days we saw a bull here, a bull there. Um, never really had any shot opportunities. Um, one day we bumped a bull, um, that, man, I got tricked. I thought he was, I don't know, maybe 100, 200 yards away. That bull was in bow range immediately. I mean, 40 yards away. And, uh, you know, I had a rich knock and arrow, and we were kind of crossing this little bowl. Sure enough, the bull was on that other side of that bowl. So if we would have just stopped and called, man, we would have had a shot right there. But um, I don't know, he fooled me. Um, so that was really our only chance we had at a bull for the first three, four days. Um, we hiked our tails off, man. We we still hunted the timbers. We sat ridges and glass. You know, we hiked. We sat. We did. We did it all. Um, but just didn't have too many opportunities. Um, just bump a bull here and there. Um, you know, the problem with hunting elk is you got to find them first, right? And then you could cut the distance and do your thing, whether you're going to stalk them or try and call them. Um, but uh, just didn't have that for the first three, four days, and they're only out here for, gosh, six days to hunt. And so uh, by day four, we tried a new area, some BLM land that was kind of sandwiched in between private. And on that private, we knew uh, there are elk everywhere. I mean, that's that's how it is, right? Um, they find a safe place. And we finally heard them bugling out there on the private, and our thought was, you know, they, they got to be crossing through this chunk of, of BLM. So 
we went there and first day we we went out there um called in the bowl he was on the tree line but he wouldn't break the tree line um something about it he didn't like um so we had a pretty good encounter felt good about that area um didn't have any luck the rest of that day found a pretty decent wallow um i had laid out some sticks around the wallow i didn't have a game camera or anything i don't know if you've ever done this too where you kind of lay some sticks to see if you know you come back the next day if they kind of push the sticks over or break them in half or whatever yeah man. um did that and ended up coming back there on the last day right so we last day we head up on top of the ridge glass around call see if we could get a bull of response and nothing you know stayed up there maybe an hour decided to kind of work a little bit lower and work in the direction of that wallow because the day before we had glassed up this bull not too far from that wallow but he was on private for sure but looking at the map realized he was pretty close to public land so maybe he's kind of just working that whole area that maybe work into that area so we started to work toward that wallow um I remember turning the rich and telling him, man, I'm, I'm starting to feel sick, man. Like not literally sick, but just sick to my stomach. Like, I don't know if this is going to happen. It was their last day. We wanted to get back to camp to, to um, break down camp before it got dark, you know? So we we're going to call it, um, I don't know, maybe around four o'clock or so because they had a plane to catch. Work into this wallow. Sure enough, all them branches I laid out, they're broken half, you know? moved oh, over yeah. so i knew they're elk in the area i'm like let's just sit it's not we don't have a ton of shooting lanes but you know kind of a hail mary we really have no other option at this point the only other thought was to drop even lower in the creek bottom and work the trees back to the truck just kind of still hunt through there and you never know but really like this was it sitting that wallow sat for a while probably an hour um which is kind of long for me. I don't like to sit too long. I, I get too impatient for whatever reason, but sat, um, nothing come in. Um, ended up going, we're sitting above the wall, maybe 20 yards of drop down there, splashing around, kind of raking around, see if we could get a bull to come out of his bed. I had my buddy TJ call, went back up to sit, you know, 20 minutes go by, nothing this point it's getting kind of late in the day like we're all wondering all right who's gonna who's gonna say it's time to move on um but decided to that had a few more cow calls obviously the bugles didn't do anything for him the rake didn't do anything for him so I let out a few cow calls waited about 10 minutes um about to call it man no joke i'm about to say all right let's let's move on before i did I had service there, so I decided to check my phone, see if my wife texts me or anything. I'm looking down at my phone, having to glance back at Rich, and he's got his, his release on his D-loop, arrow knocked, and he's licking his chops. So I knew something was there. I look over, and sure enough, we see the antlers, and that bull had a pin, man. He knew exactly where the cow calls came from. He worked to that wallow, but he would not step out. He he wanted that assurance, right? Either to smell this cow or see her but he wasn't having either of two those two so he was just standing right at the tree line wouldn't step out into that opening right where the wallow was 
probably, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe. Um, felt like eternity. And all week, man, it, the wind was just super swirly. Um, I mean, we had, you know, an hour in the morning, hour in the evening to where the thermals were, were right, to where we had some pretty good wind. But for the most part, all day long, it was just swirling. So the fact that that bowl didn't, didn't wind us for those 10, 15 minutes blows my mind. But but he didn't. Um, he, he stared us down forever, never saw us, never winded us. Um, right. He's not sure if he wants to step out. He kind of takes a step back. And right when he steps back, Rich draws. I'm thinking, man, he don't have a shot. I'm trying to tell him, just wait. If he turns around, I'm going to, you know, I'll get him back. I'll I'll call because I know that's why he came in the first place. But by now, he's at full draw. And I don't know, by the grace of God, he took two steps back. And then five steps forward right into that window. Um, I think he was at full jaw for maybe 10 or 15 seconds, um, which is fairly long. But for the world's fittest man, I'm pretty sure that was no problem for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right when he stepped in that window, he let it go and and he didn't miss, man. Lungs, liver, I think he went maybe 50 yards. We heard him crash, but didn't want to go after him because he was so close to, to private. We, we gave it a good 30 minutes, but sure enough, he was he was right there. So awesome hunt last hours of the last day that's never happened to me i've always had luck in the first few days of the hunt but never on the last day so uh yeah it was an awesome awesome day um you know for a lot of the guys that came out with him that was their first um, chance to see a a bull go down so um good times man good memories and like i said he's Rich is hooked. He's, I think he's coming out again for a second season rifle uh, to hunt with the buddy. And we've got more plans over the next few years. So now that he's not doing the CrossFit thing quite as much, I think maybe, maybe he'll still be involved, especially coaching and doing all that stuff with Mayhem. But he definitely wants to, to hunt more. Man, that's cool. I'm so glad you guys got connected. It sounds like he's in good hands and, uh, you know, when you're a team, it's like a, I don't know, it's something special when it all comes together and you share it with, you know, trustworthy peers. That's special. And, you know, Rich has got, <clears throat> he's got what, like a bison farm. So like he's got access to pretty good meat, but he might cherish that elk meat too. Just knowing the whole experience and all the work that goes into it, which is what oh yeah has hooked me. I mean, I literally love the full year-round commitment to this thing called elk hunting. We're so lucky to be elk hunters, and um, it's cool to hear your story, man. Where can people learn more about NC? I already plugged you guys got an Instagram. I'll leave a link in the show notes to your website. But if somebody's, like, actually seriously, like, ready to go, what's the first step? Yeah, so we just have a website and Instagram that's – basically our only two well no we do have youtube um i've kind of neglect, neglected it a little bit but i want to start dropping some more stuff on there um some walkthrough videos and things of that nature but yeah uh dm us on instagram or go to our website we'll find our email there uh just shoot us an email and uh get back to you and kind of give you the rundown on 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 the whole build process um but yeah give us a give us a follow that'd be 
That'd be awesome. Hey man, well, good luck tomorrow with your daughter. That's going to be super rad. And, um, man, I appreciate your time. I hope we get to meet and guys listening. This is still his side hustle. I predict my crystal ball on my countertop, not much longer. And I love these stories. I love entrepreneurship. I hope you do too. I hope it gets you excited. Stay on your grind. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Elk Shape Camps 2023. What goes on at Elk Shape Camp? A lot of stuff. But basically, I can distill it down to this. We're going to sniff out your weaknesses, write you up a blueprint to tackle them head on, and make sure that you're consistently getting into elk. You're consistently training and eating clean year round. You're disciplined and dialed at home, at your job or employment, and that you're making disciplined decisions that are going to lead to more success in life and in the mountains. Phoenix, Arizona, January 20th through the 22nd at Wilderness Athlete HQ, March 3rd through the 5th in Stonewall, Texas, right next to Numa HQ, Julian Ranch, California, March 31st through April 2nd. This is in SoCal right outside of San Diego. Plus, we are going to do our inaugural women's only elk-shaped camp on March 30th. Gals, you are invited. It's a women's only event on the 30th, and then you'll jump right into the rest of the camp. We also have couple discounts. Make sure to shoot us an email if you want to know about that. Vortex Edge in Wisconsin, April 14th through the 16th. We came here last year. It's such an amazing facility. It's so easy to put on a camp there. We can't wait to meet more Wisconsin or Midwest folks. And last but not least is a two-day intensive camp for elite Onyx members only in Green Acres, Washington, June 17th through the 18th. Early bird prices go until October 31st. Regular prices kick in November 1st and late registration starts January 1st, 2023. We hope to meet you at an elk shape camp near you-ish. And we have military discounts regardless if you're currently serving or have served in the past. Email us to inquire within.